Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn. Mike Glassby. And welcome to the Military Cash Flow. So you guys are kind of jumping in midway through a conversation uh, that me and Mike are having about uh, about wholesaling and uh, and becoming a realtor and what are the, some of the advantages of it. So we're just going to back up just a little bit and kind of kind of touch on some of the conversations. Um, we, we, were, we were having a, a very, very deep conversation, basically, and then we're like, ah, man, we should be recording this. This is probably uh, great information. There's probably other people out there that are trying to, get, try, trying to find out the same thing. We've done this a couple times, so uh, this, this is like the second time. This time we're like, no, we're going to go ahead and record it, even though it's midway through conversation. So uh, let's let's continue. As you guys know, um, Mike is a, a realtor, commercial uh, commercial broker as well. And um, essentially, I'm, I'm kind of looking to do uh, something similar. So I finally got the course out right now. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, the military cash flow course, um, you can uh, go to any one of my social media sites and you'll see it there. Or you can go to, uh, I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes there so you can find it. But I uh, got the course out, so now I'm transitioning to the next thing, which uh, which I want to start wholesaling. And uh, Mike Mike obviously has uh, some some knowledge about it. You want to talk a little bit about the deal? We'll have him talk a little bit about the deal he's got going on and some of the different offers he's been able to make because he is a realtor and he has the option to wholesale. So um, let sure go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack just a little bit and I'm gonna say why I'm a firm believer that every investor should get licensed. Um, or at least somebody in the relationship. So if it's a couple, you know, somebody should be licensed and so far a partnership, so forth and so on. Um, primarily as an investor, we're always looking, you know, how to maximize the efficiency of every investment. So we got to have multiple streams of income. They say the average millionaire has seven incomes uh, or seven streams of income. So as an investor, you could do your wholesales, your fix and flips and your buy and holds, obviously some more creative solutions, but those are the three primary, um, you know, strategies. Now, as an agent, you just expanded your, your income opportunities because now if that wholesale uh, property doesn't come into play, you can now list it, right? You can help sell it. Um, next, when you go actually to buy a property that's on the MLS and it's a good deal, you can get paid your commission as you purchase it. So now you just increased your ROI because you got a 3% commission as well. Or you can reduce that 3% completely and automatically reduce the purchase price of the property, right? Multiple strategies there. Also, depending on the firm you go to, you can get stock options in the, in the firm. You can get revenue or profit share in the firm. Um, and you could build a team and have the team help sell these items for you, right? So you just really maximize those efficiencies. Some firms, the reason we left a certain firm is because they were a little bit closed-minded and they did not allow us to, you know, flex our investing muscles, if you will. They wouldn't allow us to wholesale. They thought wholesaling was illegal. And it's not. Although as an agent, we do need to disclose that we're agents. I don't see that as a hindrance. I see it as a bonus. You get to let these people know, hey, I've been investing for quite some time and I'm a licensed professional. I know what I'm telling you to be true. Uh, so currently we, we moved firms and we worked a wholesale deal. So currently I went to buy a property. And as usual, you go to buy the property, you do your best on the repair estimate. And then now while I'm under contract, I got a more accurate repair estimate. It's a little bit more than I expected it to be. 
So now I have the contract as a licensed professional. I now know what my left and right limits are. I'm now going to choose to wholesale it. And so where I would have made, you know, a pretty good, decent return doing a burr strategy, I've kind of capped my limit, at, you know, for me on this side. So I'm just going to wholesale the deal. And now I'm going to be able to turn this deal into what could be now a $3,000 loss because I put down a security deposit into a $5,000 gain, a profit because I'm going to wholesale. And I've already got, I've already got two buyers that, that are looking at the property now. Yeah. And that's, that's um, amazing. That's one of the things because he said that, so I was already taking this course or I'm, I'm already signed up for this course. Yes. I pay for courses. <laughs> I'm already signed up for a course to, um, to learn the, the ins and outs of the way that I want to wholesale, uh, to create my, op my operations. So I'm always about, you know, creating systems. I'll, I'll buy someone's system, um, in order for, you know, to make, to make more money. So I, I'm a firm believer in, in, uh, paying for courses. I've bought several courses, but anyways, um, because he, because he literally, uh, mentioned that when we got on, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to wholesale this deal. That, that's kind of what sparked the whole, the whole conversation. I love the, the fact that you can, uh, you have options. Just like you said, you're, you're well, said a little bit earlier, you have more options for the buyer and the seller, um, having that license as well. Cause now instead of just, um, finding, you know, trying to find someone, find a, a cash buyer for it, you can go out and you have your list, you have your inventory of actual buyers that, that, you know, through, through your agency, basically, um, just, just having more options, especially for the seller as well. Like, Hey, you know, I can wholesale this or I can find you an actual buyer. We can put it on the MLS and, and go that way. So it just creates more options. At the end of the day, it seems like you're helping your, you know, you're able to provide more help to essentially the seller who you're originally signing or solving the problem for. So it's pretty cool. And I'm going to tell you the biggest objection I hear I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot, Dan. <clears throat> put right. you on the spot. All right, so a wholesaler says, but if I get licensed, I have to tell them that I'm licensed. What does that mean to you? To me, I, I don't, I, I, I kind of thought about that as well because I hear the objections. I've done the research on, hey, whether I should, whether I should get a license being a wholesaler or not. And that's one of the, the most common things I hear. And, and I don't really understand why that's a big issue because it seems like you're telling someone that you're basically – confirming that you're 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 a legit person you're not shady so there's a lot of wholesalers I, I hear there's a lot of friction between wholesalers and uh and realtors because there's a lot of wholesalers out there that are doing shady stuff that are just like putting stuff right. under contract just straight up lying to the person like yeah you know i'm gonna buy it myself instead of just being being honest being like hey you know i'm gonna uh me me or my partners i work with i work with other uh, investors and um i'm <clears throat> me we are likely going to either buy it together or I can, I'm going to let them buy it. Or now if you're a realtor, you have an option you're like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to put it on the MLS. So, um, it, it, I, I don't, I don't see what the deal with that is. I, this, this is my thing. If you, if you have to lie to somebody, you're not a good salesman. You should not be doing real estate. If you have to be shady with somebody, you should not be doing real estate. You should be completely 100% transparent in all of your transactions. That's the only way that you're going to build that rapport and build that trust because you may do one deal with the client, but you want to do several deals with that client. So yeah, tell them, yeah, I'm a licensed professional. Matter of fact, here we go. Red news alert. We're going to put a banner across here. Here's my number one, my number one cold calling script. Here it is. I say, Hey, how you doing? My name is Mike. I'm a local realtor and investor in the area. 
I usually buy homes, but I can also help you sell it. I currently have a list of buyers that are looking for your property. That's it. What, yeah. what is wrong with that? Right? Are you interested in selling your home now or anytime in the near future? They say no. Cool. No worries, ma'am. Hey, but just to let you know, I'm going to give you a call back. Who else do you know that that's interested in selling a home? No. Okay. Are you interested in buying a home? Right? Get, get a couple no's in there first. <laughs> and then let them know. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, I'm going to put you on my follow-up because we really want this property. So I'm going to call you back in a few weeks. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Done. Not pushy right? You're starting to build rapport. They know that you're local and that you're professional and that you're semi-seasoned, right? So if, if you're over there lying to people, if you're over there pushing, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. Tell them that you're a licensed professional. It gives you a little bit more clout. Let them know you're local. Let them know you've done a few deals. And if you're new, the hell, tell them you're new. So <laughs> tell them I'm doing it for my family. I'm just now getting started. I really like your property. Yeah, man. That sounds money, dude. That sounds money. I, I like, I like the, you know, hey, you, you pretty much put it all in one script. You know, you're seasoned, you're seasonally professional. You are an investor, not just a realtor. The license piece, just like, just like we talked about. I think that's just a, a way of establishing credibility. So, I, th I think all around it's good. Sounds good. So, I mean, I pretty much made up my mind now. Basically, you guys are seeing me. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching the video, or if you're listening to this, like literally, just making up my mind. Like, all right, yeah. So, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and get my license now um so yeah so here soon <laughs> yeah just to touch on uh, another thing that we had touched that that dan was asking about um before we started recording was the time commitment so go ahead and explain like what your what your concern was with the time commitment yeah so obviously you guys know i'm active military and we're trying to i'm trying to figure out all right you know you hear so much about being a realtor right being a realtor you got to do show house showings and you got to do all this other, you got to spend a certain amount of time in the office and and all this other stuff and i'm like man there's no way i'm trying i don't even want to do that um and let alone like i'm not going to have the time to do that while I'm, you know, I'm active duty. So I'm trying to figure out how would I even work around that? Because another, another uh, common thing that said is, Hey, if you're, if you're a realtor, then, you know, you got to be doing work under your broker, right? So you've, you've got to hang your license under a broker and that broker is usually going to want you to, to do X amount of things. Like you, you got to be doing these things, which takes time. Uh, so, and that's what I don't have. I need to leverage as much time as possible so that I can maximize our, my results, right? And still be able to, you know, serve serve in the military at the same time. So um, my my questions were, all right, how am I going to have, how, how have you, talking to Mike, how have you um, managed your time in a way that, uh, that, you know, you're able to do both? Because obviously you just got out of the military two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So how were you able to do both? And then if I want to add the wholesaling mix in for the most part, like mainly, mainly stay true to being a wholesaler as a licensed agent, um, how would I, how do you recommend working that? So, yep. And, and so we got a whole bunch of nuggets I'm about to drop here. So one beautiful thing about being an agent is we get this thing called referrals, legal referrals, right? Um, a lot of people in the investing realm, especially some, some of the newer people, they'll say, Hey, I got a finder's fee for you. Right. I got a bird dog fee for you, right? If a real estate professional, a, a, a licensed agent did that with somebody who was not licensed, at least in the state of North Carolina, it's technically illegal. I, I don't really know on the national level, but I know in the state of North Carolina, that's illegal, right? You need to be a licensed professional to send a referral. And I'm pretty sure it's on the national level, just saying. But um, what you can do 
Uh, so you can now leverage the buyer side. Buyers take the most time, period. You got the showings, you got to prep them, you got to pre-approve them. They take the most time. So what you can do is leverage all that out. As you get all these new buyers, send out referrals. If they're investors, find agents that work with investors. If they're, you know, homeowners or PCSers, find other agents that are qualified professionals that can, are, you know, uh, more experienced uh, that can help you out quickly and that are willing to pay out that referral. Boom, done and done, buyers are all leveraged. Now move to the seller side, you're already cold calling, you're already working on wholesale deals as it is, right? So if you can't get the wholesale deal locked up, then you just move over to trying to list it. But the same way that you would sell the wholesale deals, how are you gonna sell the listing? You're probably gonna put a lockbox on it, you're probably gonna put showing instructions, you're probably gonna blast it out to your buyers. It's quite literally the same thing. When you list, you really leverage your time. So as an active duty soldier, you can focus, and that wants to focus specifically on wholesales, spend your time working on wholesales, and then just convert the listing side, and then leverage out the buyers and actually monetize by sending out referrals. Done and done. Yeah, dude, that's, that's super money. When he said that the first time, I was like, you know, my eyes lit up. I was like, God dang, dude, like that, that's it. That is the key, you know? So, so at, a lot of newer investors, or I'm sorry, newer agents, they want to find uh, the training. They want the training, they want the training. When you're identifying brokerages, you need to make sure that the training is aligned with your specific goals. A lot of these firms are typical standard residential agencies, residential firms. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're going in there getting the training, yes, you'll get some cold calling training. Yes, you'll get some staging training, some CMA training, some local MLS training. And that's all fine and dandy. Once you get that, what else can they provide you, right? Are they going to charge you for personal one-on-one -on -one coaching? Because many firms do, right? Do they have the flexibility to allow you to wholesale, to do whatever? Quick background, we were at a firm. They were charging us a lot, but they had training. And as we were building the team, we wanted our, our team to go to those trainings. But we quickly found that that training was capped at a certain point. They weren't learning anything creative anymore. They were regurgitating a lot of the same training. Then they said, all right, well, we want you to do this training. That's $800. Then we want you to do this monthly coaching. That's another thousand dollars. And by the way, we're not going to allow you to wholesale because we don't understand it. At that point in time, it was like, okay, we need to find a better firm. We found a cheaper firm that had better splits, but it also allowed us the flexibility to do what we need. So you have to think with the in-state in mind, like what is it that you want to accomplish? Can that firm get you there? Or maybe is it a stepping stone? Get there, learn the little small parts, and then move to the other. Now, as far as regionally aligned, just understand that typically depends on how your firm is structured. Some firms are independently owned and operated and some are nationally operated. If they're independently owned and operated, they're probably associated with a certain market area. So if you want to operate in that market area and have access to that MLS in that market area, then you might be aligned with that firm. That's not always the case though. For example, here in Fayetteville, we have people that are aligned with the Raleigh and the Triangle MLS, and they work out of there, but they live here. So you, you have options and you have flexibility. It really just depends on what it is that you want to do. Yeah, that, that's, that's a bigger thing, too. We, we talked about um, the, the brokerage and how they train as well. One thing we talked about is the time commitment. Again, everything, everything that drives my decision is usually based off the time commitment because obviously I have limited time and I don't really just want to be spending a bunch of time on things that, that I can figure out how to do otherwise. So um, you, you mentioned that uh, some, of, some of the brokers out there will uh, make you go to the class, whatever class it is, you got to actually be there. And then some brokers, you know, they're training just straight online. You can take 
um, they're more flexible. <clears throat> they're more flexible and you can take, you know, on your own time. So that's kind of what I'm looking for as well. And um, then also the fees with the brokers, just, yeah. uh, I know just in general, there's, um, there's certain broker, what do those look like? What, what yep. are those actually? I'm glad you mentioned that. So for every, for every agent out there, you're going to be assigned to an MLS, to a, to an, they call it a realtors association, right? So for example, ours is the Longleaf Pines Realtor Association. We have a certain uh, a region that our MLS has access to. So you are going to have to pay the association fee uh, uh, and all associations differ, but you will have to pay an association fee. Then you're going to have to pay for access to the MLS itself, right? Whatever monthly fee that is, you're going to have to gain access to the MLS. There are some things out there that you guys may have heard of or seen the electronic lock boxes. Those are yeah. supras, right? <clears throat> Most of the time, depending on the market, every market is a little bit different, but you're going to start seeing those more and more often. Those are another fee associated with it as well because it's electronic key. So you're looking at a supra or electronic fee, right? Electronic key. Now those are unavoidable. Depending on the state, I can't speak for every state, but North Carolina has a business fee, right? And you're going to have to do it with the secretary of state. Ours is only $50 a year, but nonetheless, it's another fee that you have to be you know, aware of. I don't know about every other state, but there may be a, just to operate a business fee. Now, all of those, like I mentioned, those are unavoidable. You will pay those no matter what firm you are with. So fit, first figure out those fees. How much is it going to be? Now, you know, that's one financial obligation that's repeating annually. But well, what are we talking ballpark for that? Just, I mean, I know across the, they're, it, it depends, man. It really depends. So, for example, I've seen some association fees where the entire year is only like 150, and then I've seen some for 500. I know here in Fayetteville, ours is roughly. Let me see. I'm just gonna crank them up, add them up real quick. I actually have a printout for this, but I'm gonna just do the math because I know them all. So it's roughly about 500 for the association, plus 60 for the MLS, plus 17 for the uh, Supra, and then 50 for the North Carolina license. So it's not that, we're talking about like 700 bucks or so, <clears throat> not even. Whatever, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not much for the annual fees there. Okay, yeah, so I, I hear about them and I always hear like, I guess people make them sound like they're really, really, like it's, it's a lot, you know, like, oh man, my brokerage fees and all these other fees, I gotta pay like $5,000. It's like, man, that's ridiculous, okay. I guess it depends on the market and it, and you know, it definitely is subjective to some people, which is really funny because you'll, you'll see a lot of investors be like, I'm not paying $500 for an inspection, but you're about to spend $50,000 on a home that you, you don't know. Like, come on now, let's, let's look at it. But uh, you know, it's subjective and it really depends on the market. Cause I'm almost positive that in California, it's probably is going to cost you maybe three grand to, to get started. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but <clears throat> it probably has to do with the market. Now, after you have all of those fees, those are just the standard startup fees for any, any MLS, now you have to look at the firms very specifically. So you're going to ask a few different things. One, how much is your technology fee? So every firm is going to provide you, for the most part, going to provide you a CRM, you know, that's which is your customer relations management or your database. They're going to provide you a transaction system. They're going to provide you tools to train and market with, right? Typically under a technology fee. So you're going to want to ask that because every firm is different for that. Then you're going to want to ask them what their errors and omissions fee. And that's basically their insurance. Everybody has to pay insurance. Some are structured differently. Some of these really, really small firms that are just, you know, maybe one big couple agents, they may have included it in their firm split. You never know, but you want to ask about the errors and omissions. 
Then you want to ask if there's ever a desk fee. Some charge that, some don't. But you got to know because at our last firm, we were charged $35 a month for a desk that we didn't sit in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So you want to ask for a desk fee. Is there a desk fee? The next thing is the splits. What do the splits look like? Well, what I mean by splits is, let's say 3% commission is typically what you're going to get, right? So it's a two, typically a 6% commission split between the buyer and the listing agent. I get 3% of $100,000. That makes $3,000. Out of that $3,000, I have to pay the firm. Now, what's the split? Is it 80-20? Is it 90-10? Is it 70-30? 60-40? I don't know. You got to ask that. After the firm split, if you're on a team, there might be an additional team split. So that $3,000 can quickly get down to 800 if you don't look at the numbers, right? You got to figure out where the money is going. So figure out the split. So let's and, say when, when you say 80-20 split, right, on a yeah. $25,000 cap, what does that mean? Break that down into like... Yes. So yeah, the cap, <clears throat> is the next part. The cap is when, when do I stop paying the firm? So that's what a cap means. 70-30 split, for example, up to 25000 After I pay 25000 to the firm, I don't ever pay you again. That's what a cap essentially, essentially means. It means a cap on what you're paying. So 70-30 split, <clears throat> let's just make it $1,000 so we can keep the numbers very simple. $1,000, a 70-30 split, $300, sorry, $300 is going to go to the firm, $700 goes to your pocket. And you're going to, for every check, every check, you're going to get $700, they are going to get $300 until that 300 adds all the way up to $25,000 for the firm, then you don't have to pay them anymore. And that's just an example because some firms have a much lower cap and believe it or not, some firms don't have any cap and you're just going to keep paying them. Right. And some firms just have a transaction fee, no, you know, no splits, but a flat fee. So you have to, you have to ask all those questions. So, so when we're talking about the caps, right, is that per year? Or is that like, as long as you're with the firm? It's with a, it's for a calendar year. So if you are, which is a really good point. If you think you're going to be wheeling and dealing and cranking it out and you know that you can cap within a few months, you want to find a firm that's probably has a very, very low cap and a high split in your favor. Right now, if you're somebody who just said, Hey, I'm only going to do maybe three or four deals a year. It might make more sense for you to find a firm that has just a solid, just a flat transaction fee. Now you have to look at those because they may not be as robust. They may not have the education. They may not have some of the other criteria that you're looking for. But as far as the monetary side, if that's your number one concern, that may be more favorable for you. So for any other military members out there listening, like myself, that because I see a lot of other, I see a lot of military members um, get realtors license. They're active and they still have realtors license. So what, what are one, what is their thought process? I mean, I just imagine they're probably only doing a couple deals, if that a month. And most of them I assume are off of referrals, right? Um, <clears throat> but what kind of, what kind of broker would you recommend them uh, looking for? Uh, as far as firms? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we needed, cause again, I, I was active duty for, for all of my investing in, and, um, broker career. Yeah. Biggest thing for me was the flexibility. Like you mentioned before, Dan, you, yep. Some firms are going to require you to be at certain events. They're going to require you to be at certain trainings in person. That's kind of hard to do when you got a family, you got a full-time job, you got another side business, you're doing a podcast, you're right. It's hard to kind of be in person. So I was always looking for flexibility. Do they have on demand training? 
right? Not just online. Sometimes it's live online and that's great, but that still requires you to be a certain place at a certain time. What about on demand? That means when I'm just sitting at home, I can decide, all right, now I want to train on how to do a proper CMA click, right? And you get your hour, hour and a half block of instruction, right? That's one thing. Second is how quickly can I get in touch with the people I need to speak to, specifically broker in charge or compliance? Compliance is essentially the department that's going to keep you out of jail, right? They're going to keep you from getting fined. They're the ones that's going to be looking over your contract, looking over everything to make sure that, it, that it's right. How quick, how easily can I get in touch with them? That's what I was concerned with. And then ultimately, if you are in a, with an investor mindset, your number one goal is investing. All of this is an investment. Yep, your license, yes, you're doing transactions. Why? To generate more income, to invest later, or to hopefully have some sort of outcome. So we need that flexibility to do some of those other things, i.e. wholesale, you know, live in, flip, cut commissions, reduce commissions, because who who gets who gets hurt if you reduce a commission? The other realtor, <clears throat> not the other. The other realtor keeps their commission. Well, they yeah, their, yeah, it's us and the firm because the firm gets a smaller piece, right? That's why we had to leave the other place. They didn't want us to reduce commissions. No, you can't. It's like how can you tell me that I can't reduce my commission on my transaction, right? Because their pockets get hurt too. Now they get 30% of a smaller commission, you see? So you have to find someplace that provides that flexibility to allow you to freely negotiate and do those other things. Yeah. Yeah, flexibility is key, okay. If you got anybody listening that all of a sudden pops up some good ideas, be sure to uh, comment once the video goes out. Get on YouTube, comment. If it's on one of the podcasts or one of the links <clears> in Facebook, comment with a question that you might have and then we'll reach back out. Uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode or maybe we'll just reach out uh, directly on the page. But they're, they're ultimately, you know, it, it, everything's in your hands, man. So it's like, what are you going to do with it? You know, you're going to take the opportunity, you know, because here's the, even as a licensed professional, you could throw it away at some point. You could throw away the license. You could not pay that the next year and be done, but it's an opportunity. You know, it's, it's one more exit strategy is the way I really like to, to present it to, to most of my investors. Right. It's more flexibility for sure. Okay. So your recommendation, bottom line, your recommendations for every investor, regardless of, you know, what, what, uh, they're investing is to get their their license because there's so much flexibility with there's so many more exit strategies it just seems like it's all around uh easier especially to make even more money through just referrals alone um so that seems yeah that makes sense it makes 100 percent sense yeah yep that's my recommendation 100 percent. go out and get licensed also the only i mean as you learn more everybody's aware of this as you learn more about the entire industry you just become a better investor you start learning true laws, you start turning, you know, the bylaws or whatever the case may be, how the industry works in different aspects, whether it's commercial, agricultural, industrial, multifamily. Once you learn this, you just become an overall better investor. So why not continue to educate yourself? I know you're about to, I know you're about to get off and uh, you said you got a showing to do right now yourself, right? Yeah, yeah well, I got a few showings to do. And that's for the, uh, is that for the, the auction home, the one you just bought? Yep. This is for the wholesale. Okay. To give you guys a little backstory on that, just real quick, little last little snippet. Auction properties, courthouse auction property. Um, yeah, obviously depends on your county and things of that nature. Won the bid, uh, won the upset bid. I sit there and secure the property. Uh, once you do that, you have the power to now assign it because you're now under contract, right? So for all the wholesalers out there, I mean, hey, this is an opportunity that if you had the money to actually place down the security deposit and you had a little bit more flexibility with your capital, you can go secure wholesale deals this way. Just be sure you analyze them properly. Otherwise, you'll be in the situation I am.
<laughs> Go yeah, but there. still able to take able to take something and, and really uh, make a win off of it based off of you know just the numbers alone. You're able to go in there and you know figure out a different exit strategy. Yep. So that's that's just that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um, with that said, this is Dan Wynn. Mike Glassby. Signing off. <laughs>